It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. The Custard TV Podcast. Now, there is some rule in 2018 that all three members on the podcast may not appear at the same time, sort of like the three witches in Macbeth. If you say our names three times, one of us will disappear. So, Isn't normally... Also the plot for the film Candyman. And also Beetlejuice. Don't it's say them again. A lot. No. For the last couple of weeks, it's been Matt and I, and Gary's been off, and now Gary's back, and Matt's Yay! gone! Yay! Oh. Yeah, it's just Gary and I this week, but... For fans of Matt, of which there must be at least one, we have. Hi, Matt's pre- mum. <laughs> Hi, Matt's mum. We have pre-recorded Matt's views on the shows that we'll be discussing this week. The reason he's not here is because he gets uh, internet from the post office through Talk Talk, and something's gone wrong with his router, and he's been offline for three weeks. I can't imagine what a shadow of a man and he it, must be. And, it, and in that time, he's tweeted about as much as he normally does. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't know if you were just a tweeter, or a follower on Twitter. You would not notice the difference. That's right. <laughs> Matt, Matt tweets through through rainstorm and through hail and through lack of internet, the same as he yeah. always does. The same to the same standard, I would say. Luke, Gary, and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com So, we'll do all the normal stuff. We've got Gary Goes West back with its rightful owner this week. Matt and I have been holding its hands, but not doing it the correct way. But Gary's back this week to do it. Then we've got reviews of BBC One's new light entertainment game show, The Button. BBC One's Old Eel by Innocence and ITV's Return of Britain's Got Talent, of which we have all seen. But first, and I feel like a proud parent, welcoming back their eldest to do what he does best. It's time for you to go west, mate. Play the music. Now, I might need a bit of help with this one, because it's been a while. Uh, it's been a good month. Uh, so, um, I believe that I talk first about American... You know, I'm all right, don't um, I I'd first talk about. America. I thought you had to go through all your early training again that we'd done uh, all those years ago. These are the exits. Uh, yeah. You need to read the no. pamphlet again that I gave you when we gave you the Gary Goes West job. <laughs> was there a pamphlet? I, I wish there was. If not, we can. <laughs> but for Patreon, if you subscribe at the highest level, you can also get the Gary Goes West pamphlet. There you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, which we'll have to create. 
first review and only major review this week in Gary Goes West is a TNT show. No, that's not about Dynamite. It is an American television channel. Uh, the Alienist. Now, for those of you uninformed, an alienist is someone who helps those who have mental health issues in America in the late 1800s. Yes. It's I think it's set about. Who, due to their condition, have been alienated from society. Yeah. This is know. your old style uh, mental health, you know, people screaming in rooms and having lobotomies and, you know, eating yeah. cornflakes. I'm not kidding. Um, uh, uh, so this is not your sort of touchy feely therapy my mental health. This is very much kind of like, you know, sort of prison for mental patients. I mean, this kind of looks like a kind of a US remake of Ripper Street, if you don't mind me saying. Well, I do, because that, we recorded Matt's thoughts, as we'll play in a minute, and you've, you've stolen his thunder. Well, That's I, basically I, well, what he said. Great minds think alike, or fools never differ. The one of the two is applicable. I, I don't want to go too much into the plot because I, I don't really think it, it warrants a huge kind of a mass of time. From what I could work out, the plot of the first episode featured around somebody viewing somebody jumping off a, a bridge. Yeah, it was a boy dressed in girls' clothing. That was it, uh, and there was all sort of you know with his uh, eyes gouged out. Yeah, I mean, I didn't finish this. I got about thirty. Oh, seriously. In. No, I got about 30 minutes in and I thought this is so dark in places I couldn't finish it. There's no light in this at all. No, um, there is. Pretty much throughout. It is a very dark, dark piece of drama in both tone and just in the, in the look and feel of it, I think. And it sport my enjoyment of it as well because it was it just the tone was so non-relenting. There weren't really any characters to grasp onto. No. And it felt a little bit disjointed. It didn't do a very good job of setting up who the people were, really, either or their connections with one another. And I had absolutely no desire, despite all of them already airing on TNT, and I could, if I wanted to search the bowels of the internet, find the rest. No desire to, to continue with it, really. And, and what was... There must have been a final straw where you went, oh, I just can't finish it. Do you remember what that was? I can't remember if there was an actual incident. I, I, I vaguely sort of remember looking up and looking at the timestamp, you know, pressing the pause button, yeah, looking at the timestamp. Yeah, that is a, yeah. Oh, I don't know with it about this. I think I remember doing that twice and on the second occasion I thought, no, I, I can't do this. It's another drama and we've done this a lot this year where things are just there and they're pretty much forgettable and you don't, you won't remember watching this by this time next week. I didn't connect with anything. I think, as you say, no. it, it just felt very... Too fa too fast and too dark. There you are. I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even agree it was fast. I thought it was quite slow. And I, it's not the era. It's not that we're anti-period drama. Because oh, no. a, sh a show I loved a few years ago, uh, Clive Owen as a surgeon, it was called The Nick. It was, yep. it was basically set in the same period, in the same place. But that was peppered with really interesting characters and really interesting and I think as well, Clive Owen made Clive Owen was such a dynamic leader. I remember watching the yeah, first one of that, yeah. thinking, "Oh, I must want to go back to that." It was so unrelenting yeah. and dark. It lacked any humour, which I think there should be in in something like this. Yeah. And I, I just thought, no. I would I, agree. I, there I was a complete lack of any sort of humour either. But I mean, you know, it's a subject matter that doesn't lend itself to. And now, by the magic of podcasting, I can insert some much-needed views on the Alienist from Matt. There's not anything I can really point to that I could say I liked. I mean, very sort of oddly written. Certainly, um, 
Daniel Brühl's character, the the Doctor Crazler character, the the uh, titular alienist, just didn't feel real to me. I mean, I like Luke Evans. I thought he brought at least an energy to this, a sort of charisma to this. I found him annoying, but I can I appreciate what you're saying. But yeah. yeah, and I mean D- Dakota Fanning was inoffensive, really, but I don't think she's a great actress. I mean, her sister's a much better actress than she is. It felt like a sort of poor man's Ripper Street at the end of the day. It felt like someone had seen Ripper Street and gone, well, let's do that, but in America. I think it would be very forgettable. And there's nothing you could say, well, if you like this, then you would like this, because everything that is like this is better than this. So you can catch up on The Alienist on Netflix. I think we sold it well. I think we sold it well. Thanks very much. Uh, pay me now. Does, Does anyone share your Netflix? Have you got extra profiles? or is it No, just no, no. You? No, just me now. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm welcome to, to any women between the ages of uh, 25 and 40 uh, asking me if they want to borrow my Netflix account. But you don't have to sit with Gary and watch it. That's not a ah, proviso. Oh, okay, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. I've kind of worked myself out of that one, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. Can we move on? Give me, yes, do. The other show that I wanted to very briefly touch on from an American point of view is that the uh, the Good Wife spin-off, The Good Fight, has been back on More 4 recently. I think it's on Thursdays. I wasn't a huge fan of the end of series one. In fact, I, I kind of limped towards the end, whereas you and Matt sprinted. But I have to say, I think the series has returned with a, a better impact and a better set of storylines. Mm. Uh, I know you and Matt discussed it a few weeks ago. You were talking about the, the, the new storyline of, of people killing of people killing off lawyers, which is still uh, very prevalent. There's a great episode uh, that they've shown about two weeks ago where they think they have a ricin attack in the office. And it, it, it's a shame. It looks like it's going to be a one episode, bottle episode, you know, in one setting. And it isn't, but it had such the potential to be so. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, it's the only complaint I have is that they didn't turn that into just one scene. But the, the sort of storylines that are coming in are really clever. I think Diane is now conflicted and is going slightly mad with her Trump overload. Well, she, she is, I forget what they call it, microdosing. It's, yeah, it's a phrase I've never heard of until the good fight. Taking these little tiny pills from the Diane we know out of the Good Wife, it seems very out of character, and it's sort of jarring for me that because but it, I but don't it makes it interesting. The... And, yeah, and I think I agree. What, what they've managed to do this year is 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 we got we've got Rose Leslie now sort of post her father, you know, sort of running abroad and her mum being in prison and her having an ankle bracelet. And and I just think she's a much more interesting character for those things than playing this kind of like shrouded kind of like, oh, I don't know anything type character. Actually, this kind of these kind of scars make her a more interesting character. Mm. I prefer Marissa in her role as investigator as a just Diane's assistant. She's the star of the show for me. She is the star of the show, and by making her an investigator, it means she's got more reason to be in the room, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and I think there could be a spin-off of the spin-off if the good fight finishes. Let's do the investigators with Jay and Marissa, because I would watch that show as well, and the the good wife universe would never end, as far as I'm concerned. What would that one be called? The good... Investigation? I don't know know what it would be called. Yeah, good fight Thursdays on War 4 at 9. Okay, and that is all of the West news. I'm coming back in the easterly direction. Yeah, I thought the weather was turning. (laughs) Yep, sorry, rain clouds ahoy. As as Matt's not here, can I get to do the hello bit? Oh, absolutely. Have you been practicing this? Just for one week, go on. Okay.
I don't know how we'll do it, but we're going to do it. And now, with the reviews, it's myself and Gary in the London area. Hello. Oh. Was that good? Was that good? It is good. In fact, good. if Matt doesn't do it so well next time, I'll just clip that and keep it. Yeah, just keep it. Keep it, that, keep it for a rainy day. There you are. There's more talk about the weather. Um, what you've you got want a to lovely do sound of bird sound as well coming from no, your, I've got, well, I've your got the window place. open. It's lovely, and though. It, it gives us a cheery tone. It's nice. Any minute now, there'll also be a neighbour swearing or something. No, it sounds oh, nice with the bird sound. What would it, you like to delve into first? Uh, well, I feel I ought to sort of catch up on a show that you and Matt reviewed recently, Deep State. You guys were, were, were sort of lukewarm on this, I think. You weren't you weren't sort of feeling the sort of homelandish style. Uh, and I think both of you agreed you probably weren't going to watch episode two. I have, uh, mostly because I, I, I say I put this down as a show that I really was looking forward to. I do think Mark Strong is an actor that is a bit Marmite. I did agree with what you said in your so He isn't the greatest action lead but i think he is a good lead of a surly character who has got lots of hidden depths and plays that well but i think his action parts are are slightly lacking the second episode does now focus on him in beirut tracking the tracking his son tracking the people that were involved uh and you get more of the kind of global conspiracy uh behind it that you've got to touch off at the end of series at the end of episode one so I think if you wanted to go back to it, it does take get rid of some of the elements that I think you and Matt have specific problems with. I I think that there's enough here for me to keep going, um, and, well, I, keep and I'm enjoying it. As you go on, because yep. as you say, we already know that Fox, who are dis- distributing this across mm. Europe, and we're getting the first taste of it, they've already seen the potential and given it a second run. But for me. A, it's not easy to seek out on the Fox Channel, and B, I just I just found it too sort of generic and not enough. To I have to say that the creator writer did uh, thank me for my nice comment on Twitter. I don't know if you noticed that. That I, I, I put a little thing saying I put a thing out saying how much I liked episode one, and he said thank you, so which I thought was rather nice of him. Always uh, nice. Always nice. So, um, so uh, that we're looking forward to, and I've watched episode. I've watched episode two. Very much looking forward to the third episode as well. Why don't you and Matt now talk about Ordeal by Innocence? I'll press the button that makes us do that. Sunday saw the end of Agatha Christie's Ordeal by Innocence as adapted and completely changed, apparently, uh, by Sarah Phelps. Matt's here with me to discuss this. We've discussed all three. He was sort of ambivalent about the first one, which I loved. Second one he watched in a different setting and enjoyed it as much as me. Now, before we talk about the third one, where were you when the third one was on? I was, the... I was at my house, but watching it on the telly, oh. as we talked about, I'm still without internet, so... Yeah. You were confined to the regular television. Yeah, felt like a normal, which isn't a good yeah, feeling. Yeah, it's not good, is it? You feel a bit grubby. I still stand by the fact that this should have been on over three nights, whether it be Easter mm. or Christmas, as it should have been before all the scandal. I enjoy this, I love this, but it takes me about... 10 minutes to get back into the swing of it, yeah. I would say. That's just you. Is it just me? Okay, yeah. we'll move on. I, I think I, I was saying when we finished the first one that I didn't know whether I'd be able to wait a week, but I don't think it bothered me all that much. And I don't think either that um, it might be different because you watch it with other people that yeah. I was thinking about, you know, who did it or what the thing is there. And, you know, mm. I wasn't 
yeah. second guessing it, I just let it sort of sweep mm. over me, sort of. Uh, so this was the final act, the final chapter of Ordeal by Innocence, uh, and it was mainly told in flashback uh, mm. throughout the Christmas period, where you learnt that Hester, the younger daughter, had left the family home, and the evil mother, played by Anna Chancellor, had tracked her down and um, basically paid off her boyfriend who got her pregnant with five hundred pounds. I mean, mm. I, you know, it's, it's. I would assume the guy was from the north, because yeah, <laughs> or it, or it was the 1950s. There's that as well, but <laughs> I, I imagine it's because he was a northern lad. And then she finds out that Hester is pregnant, and she sedates Hester uh, with some milk, uh, and basically has the baby aborted, mm. and a bewildered and foggy Hester sort of dragged back, driven back in the car and back to the eerie family house that we discussed last week also in there you've got um michael and uh, christina together as an item this which news we thought is, which we which we sort of yeah. was alluded to but yeah. is now completely confirmed yeah. and this gets delivered to her to the mother but via jack who sort of spitefully mentions how close they are and she confronts christina calls her all the evil names under the sun and she's really Distressed by that, as you can imagine, and then there's the real bombshell that I didn't see coming. No, which is... well, well, I don't know because you did see the sort of longingness when um, the Morgan Christie character Kirsten was at the funeral of Jack, and you saw her sort of looking longingly at him, and when there was people sort of confronting him and things like that, she yeah. she had a sort of protectiveness to her. I don't yeah. know if that was true of all the children. They were insinuating there was something there, you know, something yeah. more to this character. And the bombshell was that when Jack breaks that news to his mum about his brother and sister being together, she retaliates by saying, well, your mum was no angel and she's down in the kitchen. You've known her all your life. So the bit of a bombshell there uh, with Kirsten, the sort of mysterious Morven Christie, who's been lurking in the shadows and there all the time but not having a great deal to say. It was sort been... of two things. Bombshell is quite the apt word, seeing as they've got a bombshell yeah, to bombshell And um, Kirsten is almost like her confidant because she's got this sort of steel barrier, hasn't she? This very frosty nature. She's an unshakable. And then you see her in the bomb shelter and Kirsten's there comforting her and things like that uh, it's an interesting relationship and obviously we find out as well that jack is the product of a rape from leo yeah, what the bill knight say was that um also uh, anna chancellor discovers that um her beloved or not so husband played by bill nye is as we know sleeping with the receptionist uh, played by the brilliant alice well, she's more of a secretary what did i say a receptionist. In my, in, my, in, my, in, my mind, said, in my mind, I'd already said secretary. That was the weirdest thing. In my mind, I said secretary. I did not say receptionist. So she discovers that they are an item. And there's a key, uh, there's some great dialogue in that scene. But the key bit is he has a penchant for the staff. It sort of eludes, as we find out later, that he impregnated a much younger Morven Christie and uh, Jack was the product of that, as you said. Uh, and so um, Anna Chancellor threatens Bill... I should be saying the character names, but I can't Rachel, remember them. Rachel and Leo. Rachel f threatens Leo and says, you know, I'm leaving you. I'm going to have a divorce. No one will want to read your stupid book. No one will care. And um, he is revealed 
to be the murder, the murder committer or the killer. Murderer well. or the, the murderer. murderer. The murderer <laughs> uh, in a in a quick but brutal scene where he smacks uh, Anna Chancellor's um, over the head with the heavy item that was like a bookend or whatever. It yeah, was. like a yeah. statue or something yeah. like that. It was a quick moment that my dad, who had been watching all the way through, happened to look down, missed <laughs> it, and well, didn't it was understand towards the... in sort of a shadowy manner, wasn't yeah. it? It was that you quick. Just it was saw sort a glimpse of, of him edit. in the mirror, really. Yeah. You saw, you saw, stood behind her, and then a quick whack to the head. But she didn't die immediately. She died kind of aptly and poetically, I suppose. Again, as you mentioned, her relationship with Kirsten, she died in her arms. As Kirsten reveals this to the remaining children, she reveals, you know, that Jack was hers and uh, Leo has um, Luke Treadaway carted off back to the mental institution while the kids try and warn him that their father's no good and not to be trusted. So there's a scene where they're all gathered looking menacing. You think, oh, is Leo for the chop? And then it cuts back to... Um, a scene of them looking in the lake and thinking, oh, Leo's gone. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No And in a scene which unfairly is reminiscent of my Inside favorite episode of Inside Number Nine, <laughs> which had this been on first would have been reminiscent of of yeah. by innocence, which is kind of unfair. Uh, you find out that the bomb shelter that we've referenced throughout is where they've been keeping a desperate Leo the whole time uh, since they discovered the truth and that Kirsten is sort of revelling in having him down there in the dark pleading for her forgiveness. And trying to and drive him mad, as mad as like... Yeah. And the kids go to the institute, don't they, at the end and you think they're going to sort of try and have Arthur released into their care sort of thing and what I liked about it is you don't often get confer- you know complete resolution mm. to things nowadays yeah. we're also not conditioned now to get you know confirmed resolutions well mm. I'm particularly bad for moaning about that but I think all the loose ends were tied up rather nicely it was it was plot heavy but really well done and you didn't yeah. lose the sort of the character and the the style of it. I really liked every time they did the flashback. You saw the clock hogs and the blood. And and um, I mean, Morven Christie in this was fantastic. And generally, the entire cast have been excellent. And and also, did Alice Eve's character know about it? He said, told her to sort of go home. You know, stay there. Say, stay there. Say you were by, provide so an so. alibi, sort of thing. Yeah. Or I wonder whether she did. Yeah. Whether he said, whispered in her ear at some point, 
I've oh. got rid of her, don't worry, and that sort of thing. But anyway, brilliantly atmospheric. I thought every line of dialogue was brilliant. I mean, it was just a really enjoyable hour of TV where every bit was, for me, basically, was, was sewed up and made a lot of sense. And it just felt incredibly credible. And I've not been a Christie fan since, you know, Poirot and Marple. And all those sort of passed me by. But Sarah Phelps has really shown me what... Agatha Christie's stories are really about and oddly the setting of this being the 1950s still felt rather contemporary in an odd way that I couldn't put my finger on I suppose it just looked so good it looked modern well I mean this is I was going to say sorry this was this is 1950s isn't it so it's a bit more modern than a lot of the stuff Christie had written I think I believe they're going to do some Poirot next aren't they I, I think I read that somewhere that Poirot's the next sort of adaptations they're going to do. So I'm sort of uh, less less invested in that. Uh, sitting mm. here now, I'm less invested because I was keen on that Murder in the Orient Express film until I saw that Freddie Kenneth Branagh was just donning a mustache mm. and probably a very campy French accent, and I thought, oh no, I can't be. I don't think I'll. Is there anyone that there. you'd like to see in the role, or do you think? <laughs> I would say, although it might be a bit too close to the missing, but Checky Cario would be a good one. Oh, po- yes. Although it is going to be very missing, but Checky Cario as Poirot and Roger Alam as his... Uh... Oh, see, yeah, now you've, in- <laughs> you've hooked me. So I if they do go... do that now, then, you know. Yeah, or Raymond Blanc from the restaurant years Raymond ago. <laughs> I love that as well. Oh, I'm, I'm quite keen now. Just or Fred. Fred from First Dates, yeah. There's a lot of scope for it. I was wrong to to knock it completely, but yeah, any one of those I'd be happy with. Fred from First Dates, I think we sort of know what he's capable of, so it'd be nice to see him. Uh, Okay. Hmm. Ordeal by Innocence, all still on the iPlayer. Yeah, I think I've said it a few times, all on the ruddy iPlayer. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com and now back from that, we can talk about pressing buttons even more by reviewing the button. Oh, look what he did! Yes! This is, this is why you're here, son. This is why <laughs> you're here. If people were Thanks. wondering what Gary brings to the party, it is a big giant segue. That's what he brings. <laughs> that I ride between television reviews. Yes. Uh, now, again, I have to thank you, Luke. I, I haven't reviewed anything on television uh, on this podcast for the best for part a of a long month. And time. This, this is the first show that you, you got me to watch. Yeah. And thanks. Well, let, let, let me give you a bit of a backstory. Go so ahead. I, did, I didn't go to the Edinburgh TV Festival this year. I sent my northern minion in my place. And uh, BBC One had a roughish year. Uh, last year at the Edinburgh TV Festival, they previewed a lot of things, and this was one of the things that everybody at that panel on that day was shown, and everybody sort of uniformly said was awful. And some days I I would hear that and go, I've no desire to see it, and some days I would hear that and go, well, just how awful is it? I made us all watch the button, and we'll play you Matt's thoughts in a minute. My thoughts, just briefly, it is a game show which borrows more from Gogglebox than it would probably care to admit. And I've never Uh, really watched Gogglebox, and I would say that. No, so, yeah, exactly. So it places this button voiced by a very smug and irritated 
um, an imitating, I should say, sorry, Alex Horn of Taskmaster. He is oh, the yeah. voice of the button. He feels like and, he's putting yeah. on a voice as well. I know, it seems like he's doing his announcer voice. It grated on me. So he, the button is in the, in the homes of these various families. And there's cameras in the house. We see them do these tasks. And we also see them between tasks sort of interacting. And then the button goes uh, a green colour, as in go for the traffic light type thing. And then the tasks begin. Now, the tasks are incredibly inane. So it's like building a, a tower as tall as the tallest person in the house. Made, made only of books and cans. Reciting the alphabet backwards and um, getting the second most amount of forks in one place as you can. Just completely inane. I think this wasn't as awful as I was expecting, but that isn't a great deal of praise because I went into this with my head in my hands already. And I think... What they're trying to do was interesting. It's just that it wasn't compelling to watch somebody go around the neighbours and ask to borrow a load of forks. I couldn't see... No, you know what I thought? I thought, somebody's put this on the wrong channel. This clearly should be on CBBC. Oh, my this God. Belt... See, that is another belt... thought that Matt had. What am I going to do here? He said oh. exactly the same. It should have been hosted by Dick and Dom or whatever, or yeah. S- Sam and Mark or whatever. Sam and Mark. It, okay. it felt like an old sort of 80s, you know, I felt like Pat Sharp should have been somewhere in the background, you know, with yeah. some twins. I have no idea who this is aimed at if it's not aimed at kids. I cannot understand what the target audience is if it's not kids. No. So therefore, why have you got some families without kids? Why have you got some families yeah. with kids? So I didn't understand the demographic of the... The, the only funny part that I found was that in the very first clip or the very first game, one bloke sitting there half asleep, not really watching yeah. the button and all the other so families. That is, and I thought, that, is the and I thought thing that was quite I did funny. Like a, that's a quite a clever thing. So the families know that throughout the course of the weekend that their cameras are there, that the button could light up and the games could start at any point. The button goes green and some people aren't as quick off the mark as others. So there is a tiny bit of enjoyment there, and I think they should be penalised. But the, but I was trying to think, because I've got young kids in my extended family, and I was trying to think, would this hold their attention, you know, if we watched as a big family group? And I was thinking, no, it, I don't reckon it would. I'd, I'd, I would bet that it wouldn't. Surely you would have more fun yourself building a, a tower with books to get to the tallest person in the house rather than watching someone else do it. I don't understand yeah. where the fun is. And, and, I, say... I, and again, I didn't like the fact they didn't allow the creativity of, of one family decided, well, it did say who's in the house. So if all the tall people in the house leave, then the t- thing is always going to be taller than the smallest person. And, and they got penalised. And I thought that was quite clever. I think it would be better if they changed the families every week, but it doesn't look like they'll be doing that, which again adds goggle boxiness of it all especially that Essex fa- who remind me of the Essex family you know George and his yeah, yeah, parents yeah. you know you've got a set of student housemates you've got ones with a lot of kids I mean I saw the preview of this at Edinburgh and at the time I thought this looks flipping awful and what, I didn't did think they sh- it- what did they show you in the preview they showed the sort of the concept so the the button can go off any time during the day and it showed the families rushing towards the button. And I think it showed the inflatables thing as well, some of that. It isn't awful and there have been a lot worse produced. And as you said, this is probably quite cheap to produce. 
because uh, oh, yeah. there's no stars. It's all families. It's all filmed in people's houses. But there was wouldn't be anything to sort of get me back to watch this. I mean, game shows and that aren't my bag at the best of times. And and See, this almost is, I, this I, almost I, oh sorry one more point. This almost felt like it could be on like CBBC rather than sort of prime time Friday night. You know where where would I lie to you normally is. Alex Horn as this button was flirting with several contestants and mocking others and I just thought it's just a bit cheesy and a bit unnecessary yeah. and, and to go on at 8.30 on a Friday which again is a weird Well I, again you know after having the, the joy of the MasterChef final or the lead in to have I got news for you this is totally wrong Yeah, uh, yeah But it, it could be worse it, it could be uh, Citizen Khan Or Citizen Khan playing the button which might make my Oh my explode. word yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who this is for. Friday night, eight thirty. The button is it, on BBC One. If it's One. for you, please tell us. Yeah, let us know. No, I mean, uh, be, I'm, being, I'm being honest. If you like this, please tell us. And I mean, tell it's us harmless why. In, it's harmless enough. I mean, I I can't rip it to absolute shreds, but I just I can't We've believe that this go. is. But I don't. I can't believe it's the best that some bright some bright sparks have come up with. In the BBC. Friday nights might be a good time to go out, people. Yes. Uh, So that leaves us with the kind of the ultimate in um, family entertainment, I suppose. Britain's Got Talent was back. I'm presuming you watched this with your family. I did, yes. I did watch this this on Saturday night. Um, Did did watching it as a group change your feelings towards it? Yes, it did. Because it is a show meant to be watched with people, Oh, it's very much a family show. It is aimed at that conversation. Oh, I like them. Oh, I don't like them. Oh, isn't that wonderful? And, and of course, it it had the world gamut of emotions. I mean, that was the one thing that you expect from a Simon Cadet Cow-produced programme. There were some great acts, but also some great moments. I think the... The golden buzzer moment, the the guy who the, the the magic trick featuring his his wife and his daughter was was spectacular. I felt the judges were a bit plastic this year. Yeah, I would agree. I I would just say that they were. I mean, we're early days and we sort of know what we're going to get. But I feel yeah. like they're sort of going through the motions. They they they're the longest serving judging panel pretty much in talent show history now on ITV. There have been, yeah. been no changes to that panel for a number of years, and I think they just settle in, and I just felt like there wasn't any classic moments uh, for them. Production-wise, it always is the same, but it always starts every year with that Shirley Bassey version of Get the Party Started, and it just feels no, like they can, they can edit it together in 10 minutes because basically every show is identical just the acts change i struggle with that a little bit just the monotony and the repetitiveness of it but just to, as a show to watch as a group as you say it's probably up there with the best of them i was thinking this when the voice uh, last week and and the the winner Ruti, her single got to number one in the itunes chart but then in the actual charts didn't peak yeah. and i was thinking generally about talent shows that the concept now and judging the success of these acts has changed because the entertainment landscape and the charts and things like that has changed. It's harder to for me to think, oh, this is going to change someone's life, really. So, yeah, ITV is the place to be for Britain's Got Talent. Uh, it's certainly not the place to be for much else. Uh, for Britain's Got Talent, though, 7 o'clock on... Uh, no, 8 o'clock, I think, on a yes. Saturday night. Uh, and it's going to be on the live finals. 
before we know it because that's how Britain's Got Talent works. Well, I, I imagine they're, they're probably getting it done before the World Cup starts in June. Oh, so. absolutely. It will be done before then, yeah. Yeah. They might have to rush through it. Well, that's right. So, so there we go. That is the main bulk of podcastness. But it Indeed. just leaves us to give you a tiny bit of TV-based homework in the next seven days. This is of the week. Now, this has become a harder task than normal of late. It's not been fun. Matt would like, I am speaking for him, he would like to draw people's attention to BBC One's new law drama starring Nicola Walker. Uh, it's called The Split. It's on BBC One on Tuesday night. It is written by Abby Morgan, who previously brought us River, which uh, Gary liked a couple of years ago, and The Hour. So she's got a good pedigree. Uh, it's a brand new law drama. I've actually written an extensive and spoiler-free preview, which you can read online at thecustardtv.com, and you can watch that on Tuesday at 9 on BBC One, and we will be chatting about it when we join up for the next one. I will therefore go for a returning show that... Uh... Matt and Luke haven't reviewed yet uh, the brilliant Kunk on Britain. It stars Diane Morgan as the aforementioned Philomena Kunk, who used to be a talking head on uh, Charlie Brooker's programmes, you know, where he did um, Screen Wipe or whatever it was, or End of the Year, you know, Year Wipe. Uh, and it's just fantastic. It's a historical look back on, on, on Britain, and it's full of fantastic things. I mean, to sort of review it really probably wouldn't give the jokes justice because the way in which they flow and work together doesn't mean that they do well in a set in a you know you know in a soundbite like I could do them. Uh, but uh, the way she calls it Henry the Eighth, you know, the Eighth Henry, you know, it just just makes me laugh as well. Uh, it, it's superb. It's satirical. It's funny. I can't believe that the people that are being interviewed don't know what they're doing. As I say, it's 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 like Ali G. It's like that bit in Ali G where we interview politicians, uh, but better, um, and 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 kind of thing. And and she's just brilliant. And they spent a lot of money on this. You know, she's gone to some fantastic locations, and some of it for just like three seconds of soundbite clip, and then move on. Uh, so that's on Tuesday nights on BBC Two at ten o'clock. And finally, one for me, um, and it's one that Matt and I did review previously on the podcast. We said. We would alert you to when it made its UK landing because we think it is one of the best shows of the year. And it's called Barry and it lands on Sky Atlantic on uh, Thursday, the whatever the th- 26th, I think, of April. Uh, and that is the, yes. the, uh, yeah, the brand new show with an assassin sent to LA to kill someone. Who falls in love with acting? Oh, I remember just, you two. I remember you two reviewing this. I we I adored it. I, I I'm I, I'm up to episode five, watching Ooh. US Pace. Henry Winkler is the funniest I've seen him in a long time. In this. well, I, a lot of people forget that how good Henry Winkler was in Arrested Development. Yes, yeah. So, but I know, say he was on par to this. Oh, and brilliant! Of course oh, well, he, he appeared up in uh, Parks and Rec as well. He did, he yes. Funny, but uh, he's on par with this. That is something we talked about before. I wanted to let you know that it is appearing on Sky Atlantic at an unusual time, but nevertheless, we're getting it. 10.45 on Thursday, the 26th of April. You've done your first podcast back. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it felt good. I miss Matt, if I'm honest. Uh, Yeah, well, he'll be here. He'll be inserted in the the correct places. I look look forward to Matt's inserts. (laughs) 
That doesn't sound I've weird. Already heard, no, it doesn't sound weird at all. Just remember but, to, when you come back next week, make sure all your uh, your name is written in your uniform again. Yeah, okay. I, I know you got sloppy about that towards the end of your last appearance. And I know I had to borrow some pencils off other children, so I'm really sorry. I'll get that sorted. <laughs> Matt still lost a fountain pen that you, oh, that you said you'd give him back, but you never well, did. Well, I, I dispute that. We'll, yeah. we'll take it to the deputy head if we have to. If you want to talk to us, um, you can either just ring us or probably yeah. best. My number is Probably best you follow us uh, on our various social media platforms, facebook.com forward slash the custard TV. We've only gone and got email a while ago now. Um, custard please, TV use with, please use it. Otherwise, it just gets spammed to it, and that's no fun. I've, uh, I don't need any more of those pills. The first no. lot worked to charm. Fair enough. They, they're not necessary. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com. And we all are on Twitter in our various different guises. The angry one is Matt, Matt at Matt's TV Bites. Uh, I'm at Luke Custard TV. And instead of me saying it, let Ooh. the man speak for himself. Gary's on Twitter as well. At The Gary Show. If you'd like oh. Luke's number, private message me. Do you know what? I don't know. I know my mobile number. I've no idea of the home number here. Not me neither. No but I mean, I, I, although, although someone must know it because it goes off several times during recording, doesn't it? So that's weird. Yes, I, unless you're bringing yourself to make me think you have a more active social life than you. Yeah, do. no, no. We'll be or... back soon to discuss uh, the split on BBC One, that new law drama starring uh, Nicola Walker. Oh. Go We're on. going to talk about Lost in Space, I think, as well. It's yes, a new, a new Netflix hit. We'll probably talk about that. Yeah, and um, possibly, possibly, uh, BBC One's new sort of eerie period piece, The Woman in White, on Sundays at 9. If you've got any suggestions of what you'd like us to discuss, if we've missed something that's blaringly obvious that somehow passed us by, uh, get in touch either by our, our Twitters or that email address, custardtvreviews.com. At, at gmail.com I should say and Gary I want you to leave us today with something of great poignancy and meaning okay um, from the great uh, quotator uh, Homer uh, Simpson um, you don't win friends with salad bye Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.